0: This is Meat Mitch, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show.
1: Boing! We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan.
0: Boing.
1: So, what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle.
0: Charbono It's all about the charbono dude! Succulent fish! What?
1: He ate two feet for wieners. So oh, listen, Labertius,
0: shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds.
1: <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top um,
0: And just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome aboard. It is the Barbecue Central Show, your live fire, fun, and frivolity show. Doing it live on a Tuesday evening. We'll do it live. If you're missing it all live, I'm recording it. So you'll get the first hour tomorrow. You'll get the second hour on Thursday. I will talk to you about Friday in just a few minutes. You can find Daniel Vaughn from Texas Monthly on the show in about 12 minutes from now and 30 minutes from now or 34 minutes from now. You will find the Pizziola of Pizziolas, the Capo di Capo, I think they call it. I don't think they call it that at all. The Pizziola de Pizziola, the pizza man of pizza man's men. Matt Frampton, also I don't think I can say formally, but also of hot <laughs> hot grill on grill action. I almost said it incorrectly. I apologize. So you have that to look forward to. Don't forget you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and Snapchat. At BBQ Central Show slash BBQ Central on Facebook and Twitch for a video feed. And it's not on YouTube, but you can get a replay sometimes when it shows up there slash RD Rempey. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in ten minutes or less. This coming Friday is episode 181. Wowee. Taking you back to May twenty seventh, twenty fourteen, featuring Jamie Perviance. Do you know Jamie Perviance? Have you ever heard of Weber? Have you ever bought purchased a Weber cookbook in your life. If you have and you've paid no attention to it, like I would, there's a very good chance, like nine and a half out of ten chance, that Jamie Proviance penned that book. If you look hard enough, his name's probably prominently displayed on the cover of that book as well. He is a well-known and respected Live Fire author. In this segment that you will hear on Friday, we really get to know who Jamie is. We track his rise in the industry. He wasn't always a live fire cook. He wasn't always a cook at all. He's literally somebody that was pissed at being a crappy home cook. He wanted to elevate his game. He enrolled in the (laughs) Illinari, the Culinary, what am I even trying to say? The Culinary Institute of America's the CIA, just to be a better cook. And then he went to other places, fell in love with Live Fire, all this fun stuff. So if you aren't familiar with who Jamie is, it's a good introduction to him and how he has made the road to where he is today. Don't forget, if you want to hear... A guest or a segment on a show like in the best of format, email John and give him your request. J-O-N at the BBQCentralShow.com and he will make sure that he tries to meet your expectation as best as he can. And then there's this! Uh-oh. Can you believe it? You know, last week, I really gave it to that famous Dave Anderson for spilling the guts before I went on a few weeks prior to announce the Barbecue Hall of Fame and who the living members are and who the legacy members are, five names. And as I had mentioned last week, 15 minutes or less before, he threw it right up on his Facebook page, spread around the internet like a raging case of herpes. No one could stop him and he didn't care. And then I got these emails over the course of the week. Sounds a little something like this Dear Greg, how dare you? How dare you? How dare you take famous Dave Anderson to task? Isn't he allowed to make a mistake? Regard so and so, or something like this Dear Greg, How dare you? How dare you? Why would you yell at Famous Dave for leaking out the Hall of Fame stuff? Chances are, folks who are tuning into you would be tuning into you anyway. So, who cares if he let the cat out of the bag? It's really not that big of a deal, anyway. Oh, it's not? Of course, it's a big deal. It's a big deal because it's secret. It's a big deal because as it, as I promote it, it's exclusive. Nobody knows about it. As Sam the Cooking Guy said, as soon as one other person knows, it's not a secret anymore. And that makes it not a secret. So yeah, it's a big deal. And I happen to know that within the body of the email sent out to the people both on the names committee and uh, in the voting hall of fame, because the living members get the vote who goes in that it said within there, don't do any of this until after 3 p.m. Eastern. But he just threw caution to the wind. Didn't care. I got to get Dave Anderson on the show to figure out why this happened. You know, It's really, I I appear to be getting mileage out of this burn. But this would be getting no run whatsoever. If only one other person that is in the Barbecue Hall of Fame that votes also did the same thing, then it could be easily chalked up to this was a mistake. Uh, Or we could throw it right back on the folks at the American Royal and say, why don't you lead with this in 48-point font? bold red underlined blinking. Don't post any of this until after this time. And then put it again in the middle of your email. And then put it again at the end of the Constantly reiterate. Beginning, middle, and end. Just like proper servers do when they plant the dessert seed in your menu and increase their tips. It should be put there. But not one other person. Not one other person. Andrew, you are not... Not one... Not one other person let the cat out of the bag earlier than they were supposed, except him. So yeah, it is a big deal, and yes, I wonder where his ability. I I want to give Dave a benefit of a doubt here, okay? I think I uh, no, I don't think, and nor do I know, but I want to believe with every fiber of my being, that somebody else posts on Famous Dave's Facebook page. Dave has access to it. He'll post what he wants. He'll post his own thoughts. But also that other people might post on his behalf. And that this person didn't read it. He got a little, or she, got a little happy and blew it up all over the place. So... I would rather stick with that kind of mindset and and hope that the case, I will be continuing to reach out to famous Dave Anderson. I'm sure he's just getting an incredible shitstorm of email about this. Scott Dave Rittenbaugh, apparently famous Dave is infallible, much like the Pope. If he says it, it's okay. That's right. It's fine. Who cares? It's only the biggest thing I have going on the show besides having Daniel Vaughn on once a quarter. No big deal. Does it matter to my show? Fine. No problem. Famous Dave, we continue to be disappointed and we want an explanation, and it's not going to go away. And if you miss the really big news in the first hour, the founder of Smoked Barbecue Source will be on the show at some point on an upcoming Tuesday evening. And I believe that Australia. It's like noon in the day there anyway. So while there is an incredible time zone difference, there shouldn't be any real reason that Joe Clement can't just join us on a, which would be Wednesday afternoon for him, or Tuesday evening for us. So It'll be great to hear how he got started. and I'm sure the size of his website allows him to work from home, making fame and, fort- making fame and fortune. Very nice. All right, let's go ahead and work out as we get ready for Daniel Vaughn, the Texas Monthly Barbecue Editor. Let me tell you something. If Daniel was getting ready to release the top 50 barbecue joints, he wouldn't be making the mistake of sending this to famous Dave. And I'm saying that with peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. He wouldn't make that mistake. Big Papa Smokers, however, is the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. A curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies will get you on the bet- <laughs> path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Papa Smokers has been pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. They have 13 perfectly balanced rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Kettle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition barbecue scene and in the backyard. I use them all the time. Big Papa Smokers has the ability to transform ordinary meals into extraordinary, whether you're cooking to impress judges or your friends. Big Papa Smokers award-winning rubs don't disappoint. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce. So if you're looking for something off the beat path or if you're tired of what's existing out there and you want something different, Give Granny's a try. Great all by itself, or you can use it as a base base sauce and tweak from there aside from their premium selection of rubs and sauces. Big Papa Smokers also offers the very best pellet, charcoal, and wood cookers available today. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out that Mac 2 Star General Pellet Cooker. Big Papa's the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. Not a fan of pellet smokers? All right. Take a look at that old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. Not sure what grill you need? Call them. Ask questions. 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A-Smokers.com. And we are back with Daniel Vaughn from Texas Monthly right after this. Stick around.
1: You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show.
0: All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in two sizes with a host of accessories. Whether you're a beginner or professional, definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal, visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. In fact, if I'm pulling from memory correctly, Noah or Amber Glanville will be on the show next week to talk about some new stuff. My first guest in the second hour is the barbecue editor for Texas Monthly Magazine. You also see him on this show for quarterly visits this year in 2021 where we talk about things that are going on in Texas and in the barbecue world in general. Let's go ahead and race to the hotline. And welcome back, friend of the show, Daniel Vaughn. Hey, Daniel. Hey, Greg. What's happening?
2: What's happening? Yeah, what's well, happening? uh Well, I mean, I'm listening to the Barbecue Central show. That's what's happening.
0: Let me go right to a listener-provided question, Daniel. Uh, Greg, ask Vaughn. I love when people just totally disrespect my ask Vaughn what Central Texas joints have the best sausage need four or five to try when we drive through if you get a chance I'd appreciate it. any best, best sausage the best, in Central the Texas
2: best sausage yeah. wow well uh is that Elgin
0: uh, is a South side Central
2: I mean if you if you're on a sausage quest you certainly need to start at the original at Southside Market and Elgin uh, you know they've been doing it since 1886 so that's a good place to stop um one of my favorite bites in texas barbecue is the city market in Luling uh just taking one of their ring sausages and swiping it through their um uh, their their mustard sauce it's got a little sweetness to it that's a great bite right there um five places wow uh l- let me just uh yeah i'll e- i'll email him to famous dave and i'm sure he'll get them out to everybody <laughs> uh yeah
0: Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You went right to Famous Day. Uh, I mean, is it safe to say that if the barbecue restaurant is good, that the sausage is correspondingly going to be as good or not necessarily?
2: Not necessarily because, uh, I mean, sausage making is a whole different craft. And there are still plenty of really good barbecue joints out there in Texas that – uh, they smoke great brisket and, and ribs, but they're still buying somebody else's sausage and, and serving that. So a place like Micklewaite uh, in Austin, they do fantastic sausages. Uh, they do quite an array of sausages as well.
1: And they make um, them?
2: Let's see. Yeah, yeah, they make them all. Uh, Franklin Barbecue, of course, makes his own sausage. Uh, down at Terry Black's in Austin, Law Barbecue in Austin. Uh, and they're
0: in a storefront good. now, right? They're They're out of the trailer?
2: Yeah, Law Barbecue. They're they're out of the trailer, and then they were in the Quickie Pickie location. So they were basically sharing a location with a uh, with kind of a mini mart beer store. Um, now they've got their own place. It's all theirs. They they're not sharing a a, a space. They're not in the food truck. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm hoping to get there to see that newly finished out space soon.
0: Is the McKeska brand sausage as popular as I think it is?
2: Mckeska brand is popular. Um, I think it's really one of those that's like just as popular outside of Texas too. Because you know, if you're if you got a Texas style barbecue joint um, and you don't want to make your own sausage, but you want Texas sausage, that's definitely a good option.
0: Daniel Vaughn joining us here on the show, Texas Monthly's barbecue editor, TMBBQ.com, his website, and you can also follow him on the Twitter at bbq snob. So let's take a look back a, a handful of weeks ago. A dapper Greg Rempe flew out of Cleveland, delayed, of course, and uh, made his way to Dallas, Texas, because of weather that was going on down there, which was cool to see a Texas-style thunderbanger off in the distance. It never really got to me, but, I mean, it was cool to see it in the distance. We did a visit to a place called Knife. I talked about it on the show after we got back that following Mm -hmm. Tuesday to give a brief recap, but I wanted to save a lot of it uh, as we talked to you so we could kind of look back on it because... In in a in an instance like this, there are great steak moments. There are great meat moments in one's life. And there's great steak restaurants. But this one was really... Uh, and I've been to a lot of great steak restaurants, whether they have been a small chain or a big chain or just independents like uh, St. Elmo or uh, Red here in Cleveland and a number of others. This one easily catapulted into the number one. So tell us a little bit about Knife and why, if you are a beef lover, you might want to put it on the top of the list at Dallas.
2: Wow, number one. I guess I have good taste. For sure. Uh, man, uh, Knife, uh, I mean, it's it's one of my favorite restaurants. It's certainly my favorite steakhouse in Dallas. Uh, Chef John Tizar is the one who runs it. Um, and really he brought this extreme dry aging, uh, to Dallas, um, where I think nowadays you're not really a steakhouse unless you've got some sort of dry aging program. And I mean, he's been doing the 245 day dry steak for, uh, for a long time now. Um, but really like, I think the sweet spot for that restaurant is the 90 days, um, yeah, the 90 day, uh, ribeye and the sirloin both, um, you know, and the the visit we had there, that was the first time I had been back to Knife in, gosh, like that since before the pandemic. <laughs> um, right as the, you know, right as restaurants were closing down, he had all this beef to sell, t uh because he didn't have a restaurant to serve it to. And so he was selling it raw and you could come by and, and pick up a package. So I stopped by Knife and got some uh, dry aged steaks and brought them home to cook them. Uh, certainly you know didn't do them as well as they can do them at the restaurant but uh, yeah it was certainly a nice treat to have now uh, one one thing I do want to tell the listeners as far as the uh, the meal we had there not only was the steak great uh, the beef rib which I think we're going to talk about as well uh, but we uh, started with an appetizer of a cheeseburger and then our dessert was a the same cheeseburger That's right. like so, this a second version of the same cheeseburger. So yeah, um, no sweets necessary. Not when there is uh, a delicious cheeseburger, like the Ozerski at night,
0: the steak itself. And there were sides, the sides were good, but certainly the, the meat was the star of the show here uh, on that evening. And the, the room itself is really nice. There's some like live fire lantern things going on. It's obviously got a great perfuming of, uh, Wood being burned because they have a, a wood burning, a grill there, or you know a, one of, of many different grilling and uh, high heat options. Yeah, that and, they gr- have over and there. the
2: grill's right there. You know, it's not back yep. in the kitchen, not hidden away. Yeah, uh, it's right there out front, so you can smell it, you can see them cooking away. It's part of the show.
0: The ninety day dry age steak was great, cooked to perfection. Uh, I'm always uh, down on the tomahawk. I think it's a lot of show for very minimal amount of go. People think it's cool to see, but I mean, it really does nothing. But the meat itself was, the thing that I remember the most about the visit is you told me in a text message, you know, I'll order and when you sit down, the meat will be hitting the table. And almost like five minutes later, it really did. So kudos to you on a a perfect ordering timeframe. But when they hit, there was this mixing and melding of the aromas of the tomahawk. And then the aromas of the beef rib, and they are finished differently or cooked differently. So the mix of them was incredible and intoxicating and really got the palate ready for a meat feast. Tell me a little bit about the beef rib because it is a little different in the method. It's not just a straight-up barbecue beef rib.
2: Right. Well, uh, with the steaks, you know, they have the wood fire grill, but with the steaks, the dry aged steaks, they're all done in the, in a high heat broiler. Um, and so the grill itself is safe for some of the other cuts. I will also add that, um, I'm glad that you were happy to have a properly cooked steak, a nice medium rare. I'm not going to deny with the ribeye. Yeah. Uh, but with the, uh, with the beef rib, it is sous vide for two days. Um, and then, you know, as it comes off, it of course, has it's, there's no browning on it whatsoever uh, out of the sous vide bag. And then they chill it down. And then so that it can spend a long time on that wood grill, they chill it down so that it essentially reheats when they order it on the wood grill. So when you place that order, it comes out of the cooler, onto the wood grill, gets all that char, brings all those all those uh, fats, all so those well-rendered fats back to life, Um uh, and then you get this incredible char on all sides of that beef rib. So it is a beef short rib, uh, like you see those racks of like three different bones, but each one of these are treated individually, and so you get full browning on all the uh, on all of it. You also get something quite different uh, as far as the sensation when you're eating it as compared to a smoked beef rib. I call it uh, Tizar's full fat beef rib because in the sous vide, that fat, it doesn't just melt away and like, you know, go down into the smoker or into the fire, like it would if you were cooking it over fire in a smoker. It's all in, you know, it all stays within the meat. Uh, it gets, you know, well rendered, nice and soft, but it stays within the meat in the sous vide bag. So when you're cutting into the, the beef, it's uh, a fully, perfectly tender beef rib uh, but with all the fat still in it, mm-hmm. and it's red inside, you know, it's it's still, you know, like a, a medium to a medium rare. Uh, but it is just absolutely buttery tender. And, you know, to me, there's no sensation quite like that rib um, when you're eating beef. And, you know, I would take it, I would take it over just like a, you know, straight up wagyu steak. It has such bold flavor and has that same texture that you would get in a Wagyu steak with all that fat in there. Uh, but, it you know, certainly a lot less of the price.
0: It was absolutely sensational. Best bite of beef that I've had. And recently, like uh, as of a couple weeks ago, I had my first go around with an A5 uh, strip steak from the butcher shop. And uh, Malcolm Reed calls that meat butter. But the beef rib had just a little bit more beefiness to it uh to the mm-hmm. point where it was a little bit more acceptable on my palate not that the a5 was bad I mean, it was just like a different kind of an experience i guess so uh, i i did yeah. prefer the the beef rib to that so i mean we could talk about it all day long what's what's so great about the ozerski burger because we had one for as you had mentioned uh well you guys enjoyed one as an appetizer before i got there but then we had one for dessert as well like why is it so great
2: Uh, because of its simplicity, uh, it's a, you know, pretty cheap white bun that it comes on here. We're in a fancy steakhouse with steaks that run into the 100 to some $200 range, um, uh, American cheese on a not humongous patty, a half pound patty, um, of really great beef that is not, uh, not ground up and worked into a, uh, you know, into a patty and not overworked, I should say. And it's heavily salted, heavily seared, and it really just gets that American cheese and a thin slice of red onion, and that's it. Uh, there's there's no like mayonnaise necessary because the the uh, the patty itself is juicy enough. It doesn't require any of that extra stuff. So um, it, to me, it's just like the perfect bite of a burger. Where yeah, you get the cheese, um, but it's all about that beef standing out and not covering it up with a bunch of toppings.
0: I remember asking you if I should accessorize it at all with any condiments you said no taste it first and then see and then after that first bite it was like wow this is going to be gone in two more bites and that's going to be it and it was a great it was a great burger great blend perfectly cooked uh, absolutely fabulous so i appreciate uh, the recommendation and it was great getting to see you again live and in person um one of the few i've seen multiple times which is great and uh, always yes. great uh, conversation outside or uh, you know uh, inside baseball barbecue talk which we love to do Totally off the board. Absolutely. Yes. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Why or why not?
2: Uh, it's an unnecessary argument.
0: It's Just an unnecessary argument. All right. We're not going to have that argument.
2: Mm-hmm. The, the, the people who argue it only care about the argument. They don't actually care about the answer.
0: <laughs> I care about the answer. That's why I'm asking. I don't ask frivolous questions.
2: <laughs> How about is a, um, is a hot dog better under a roof or outdoors?
0: Yes, I love hot dogs. I love
2: boiled I do too, hot dogs. Don't, don't they taste better outside?
0: No, they taste good regardless. I, I mean, it doesn't matter. They're, they're, they're just great. I love you. I think you're trying to make a point here, but I'm not falling for it. Recently, the man from Texas took an excursion out to North Carolina. What did you find out there?
2: Brisket. Really? Can you believe it? No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in the hog state. I mean, North Carolina is certainly known for whole hog barbecue in the east and pork shoulders in the west and the Piedmont region. Uh, you know, they they like to argue about the fact that they're so different, but essentially they're they're the pork and vinegar state. I mean, both sides serve pork with a sauce that's primarily vinegar, yep. uh, and that's you know that's what they argue about which which pork is better, which which of the sauces is better. Um, but you know, when you go to a restaurant in North Carolina, a barbecue joint. 10 years ago, you'd go in and there are no other options, maybe some chicken, but you're going to get either pork on a plate that's chopped or pork on a bun that's chopped um, as a sandwich. So um, this time around though, I was really stunned at just how many places are serving brisket, uh, how many places have added brisket onto the menu. Um, And not only that, but the places that are doing straight-up Texas-style barbecue. Not just adding brisket to a menu, but uh, like Prime Barbecue in Nightdale, which is right outside of Raleigh. I mean, Chris Prieto is from Texas. And, uh, I mean, his whole goal is to bring Texas-style barbecue to North Carolina. Um, John G's Barbecue in Peachland. It's uh, about 45 minutes outside of Charlotte. And, you know, this is a family who grew up in North Carolina, Um, ate the barbecue growing up, uh, you know, didn't have any qualms with the barbecue, but then they took a trip to Texas and they ate in Houston and in Austin and uh, ate at Snows in Lexington and were just absolutely flabbergasted by the variety in the barbecue and the quality of it, just how much they love Texas barbecue, how much they love Texas brisket. And, you know, I think one of those things that people kind of forget about the Carolinas, even though it's a hog-centric barbecue style, so really aren't ribs. Um, you know, whether it's the shoulder restaurants, certainly there's not really ribs there, uh, and the whole hog places, like the ribs are really just bones left over to be picked out of the uh, of the pork to be that's going to be chopped up. Um, and so they just love the brisket and ribs, um, the sausage as well, and came back to North Carolina, and that's what they decided they're. Their goal was going to be was to run a Texas style barbecue joint, and they really have got the experience down too. It's, I mean, if if I dropped um, somebody from Texas into that line blindfolded, like they would swear they were in Texas. It's, uh, uh, I got there an hour before they opened the doors, and a line had already formed. There was, uh, you could see the JNR smoker from Mesquite, Texas, um, sitting there running oak wood. So the smells were familiar. Um, there was a big cooler of beer that was free. Um, just like many of the Texas barbecue joints do. And then the, the platter of barbecue I got, I mean, really a dead ringer other than the sweet baked beans, uh, as opposed to savory pinto beans that you're going to find pretty much everywhere in Texas. That's really the only giveaway. Well, that and the cheer wine next to the cash register.
0: Are they well received in the neighborhood or are they seen as yeah, uh, outcasts? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> No,
2: they're not outcasts at all. I think, um, you know, I think the people in line there who were from the area, um, they just love the fact that there's another barbecue joint. That's, you know, it's a little bit different, actually a lot bit different, but it gives them another barbecue option to try and not just another chop pork sandwich. Um, you know, there were people, um, there were people who had traveled a long way to eat there as well, traveled from outside the state to eat there. (laughs) So, um, even, even though it just opened like last June, I mean, they have, uh, uh, yeah, I mean they, they've really taken off. It's it's really astounding.
0: Does this further embolden you to say the Texas barbecue continues to take over the world?
2: Well, I mean, I would say that in the case of John G's, they let's just say they there wasn't <laughs> about anything anything about barbecue that truly excited them and inspired them until they traveled to Texas and ate it.
0: Answer enough, no doubt. Uh,
2: and they were, you know, they grew up surrounded by it, so.
0: Were there any barbecue excursions that you took that were, you know, off the beaten path or inspirational to you at all?
2: Uh, I mean, that certainly was. As the Texas Multi-Barbecue Editor, you know, getting to John G's and uh, and the, the strange, also the super strange feeling of, of being in line at a barbecue joint and the, the owner of this little place in North Carolina coming up to you. Within 30 seconds of you joining the line, being like, oh, we wondered if you were going to show up today. I was like, what
0: they're tracking you?
2: <laughs> why, why? Yeah, why you're you're tracking? Like you're even paying attention to where I've been? Um, yeah, uh, going to Grady's in Dudley. Um, you know the, the the couple there who runs it. They were closed because of COVID. Uh, because um, Steve Grady, uh, the older owner, he's in his eighties. He, he was suffering from COVID and recovered thankfully. <laughs> so they reopened. So it was great to see that. Also, I mean, just great to see my friends, uh, Sam Jones and Michael Letchworth um, and see the new Sam Jones barbecue in Raleigh, which I hadn't been to yet. Um, yeah. So I uh, got to go to Noble Smoke as well in Charlotte, which uh, it's, I wouldn't call it a Texas style barbecue joint. They certainly have uh, done a lot to uh, make sure they put out really good brisket, um, but they've also got like a very Carolina style chopped pork sandwich. And, um i mean it's uh it, it's got a full menu full cocktail menu all that it's, <laughs> it's it's certainly on the fancier end of barbecue joints but uh certainly nice to visit
0: uh did you happen to get over to red bridges barbecue joint
2: i did get over to red bridges yes uh um so uh, morris davis uh who is from North Carolina and lives in Asheville. Now he is an ardent supporter of North Carolina barbecue um, to the uh, exclusion of all other styles of barbecue. And he and I have had many uh, Twitter spats about the superiority of Texas or Carolina barbecue. And so he invited me to a meal at uh, red bridges, his favorite uh, restaurant in the world. And uh, so we, we dined on, on chopped pork and red slaw and uh, got a, Got a full tour of the place, and it was kind of nice at the end of it. He thanked me for getting the tour because he, in the many times he had visited, had never been invited on a barbecue tour <laughs> of the uh, of the pits. So we got to go see that. And it was another reminder that if you're in the Piedmont region of North Carolina, if you're on that western side, be sure to order the outside brown meat. Like That's where it's at. That's where the flavor's at. That's where the smoke is. Um, if you're not ordering outside brown, you're getting the Essentially unseasoned interior white meat, and it's boring. Um, I think that really is what gives a lot of North Carolina barbecue a bad name is the fact that if you just order a pork plate or a pork sandwich, you're gonna get this interior white meat that's pretty tasteless. If you know to ask for the outside brown, I mean it's like it's the burnt ends of North Carolina barbecue Are you literally
0: asking for that? Do you say give me the outside brown?
2: Give me the outside brown. I want some brown, I want some outside meat. yes. That's what you have to ask for. Otherwise, they will not give it to you um, because they think that, the you know, the majority of people coming in there, I, I'm sure after years and years in business like Red Bridges has been in, they know that most of the people coming in uh, expect to get that interior meat. Um, and so that's what they serve, uh, you know, as the de facto menu item. So you've got to ask for the outside brown. Ask, ask for the brown or, you know, some of the charred meat or whatever you need to do to get the point across. But, um, yeah. That's the stuff
0: you want. Texas barbecue in the Carolinas, but also taking in some of the standby classics like Red Bridges Barbecue Joint. It's Danny Vaughn joining us here on the show as he's doing once a quarter. TMBBQ.com is website. Follow him on Twitter at bbq snob. Danny, really appreciate the recap on Knife and thoughts on the Carolina barbecue uh, doing it Texas style. And we'll look for you again in a quarter. Absolutely. All right, there you he is. You know where to find me. You got it. There he is, Daniel Vaughn, right there on the show, the Barbecue Central show. What a what an interesting recap there. Texas barbecue in the Carolinas. Yes, it's happening, and it's good, and people are liking it. Matt Frampton was there, and then he was gone. He'll come back, I hope. I'll talk to you quickly about Yoder Smokers as we get Matt Frampton back. Yoder Smokers designs and builds all of their products right here in the States, and building pride through craftsmanship and world-class customer service is the backbone of how they've built the company. This approach translates into what can be a truly bespoke-style product that elevates gatherings with friends and family, and they're honored to have a trusted place in the backyards of America. From pellet grills to wood fueled offset pits or charcoal grills, consistent blue ribbon flavor has become synonymous with the Yoder Smokers' name. Make no mistake, Yoder Smokers' flavor driven design is unique into each style of pit, and their team has developed their cookies to perform time and time again while it lasts in the competition for generations to come. It's this generational thought that's rooted in their handmade products and defines the integrity of the core values American-made quality and endless flavor are the benchmarks of Yoder Smokers. Go to yodersmokers.com. That's yodersmokers.com. Pick one out for yourself. Pick one out for Pops. All of that. By the way, I got an incredibly scary text message from my mom saying that she saw the... The, the the corn cob butterer. Uh-oh. Mom! Look that up. I said don't look it up. We're back with Matt Frampton, the Pizziola de Pizziol. Stick around, will be right back.
1: Celebrating over ten years, a prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and Grilling Talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central
0: Show. Hey, this portion of the show being brought to you by smithfield.com. During the grilling season, you can get tips and tricks from Chris Lilly, Darren Worth, Ernest Cervantes, Charles Cridlin. If you are a committed cook, make sure you report your first place finishes on shoulder and ribs over at Smokin' with smithfield.com to get some extra swag. Yes, smithfield.com and spoken with Smithfield.com. Coming out of the bully tonight, a guy who is roundly considered to be the live fire pizza guru of our industry, if not the world. You have tried his dough. You have tried his sauce. And tonight, we will learn about two more products getting ready or have just recently hit the market to help round out the current pizza program that he is offering over at UrbanSlicerPizza.com. We race to the hotline... And welcome back, friend of the show, Matt Frampton. Hey, Matt.
1: What's going on, Greg? How are you, man?
0: I am absolutely fabulous. Appreciate you making time for the show tonight, Matt, and kind of on last-minute alert, but as a true professional, you are in to talk about it. So before we get into the new products, which I'm very excited to learn about and make sure everybody in this audience knows about so they can go purchase, if we could get an update on... The doughs and the sauces. Where are you at on growth? Where are you at on market penetration? Are we ready to dominate the world on a pizza standpoint? Where are we?
1: <laughs> oh, We're trying, man, little by little. It's definitely a grind, but it has been uh, a really exciting year. We uh, celebrated our one-year anniversary on June 8th, which um, it, it feels both like yesterday when we started and an eternity ago all the same but uh, our growth has been unreal. I mean, each, each month we kind of make new goals for ourselves. And I think last time I came on this, the show, we talked about exceeding our stretch goals at the beginning. And uh, so it's cool, man. We're, we're in uh, almost 250 stores in the U.S. Uh, that's gonna jump significantly here with a deal we just made. Um, and then we've got lots of stores in Canada, um, lots of stores in Germany, and a couple shops over in Australia. And uh, what's what's really um, looking like a good market for us here soon um, is the food service business. We have a lot of restaurants that are uh, interested and we, and we do have a verbal agreement with a 18 location chain. So it's been cool learning a ton about logistics and the business and exciting.
0: Are you at all worried that as things get back to normal that you might see a, a bit of a dip back on just the general consumer side because more folks might be back at work or whatever their normal setting was pre-pandemic? Uh,
1: for the Cook at Home products, I mean, it's always something that I will watch closely. Uh, for now, our volumes are going up and we have more customers than we had during the pandemic uh, when it was at the the heat of things. But that's partly why we're, we're pushing the food service stuff as well. And I, I'm doing a lot of um I I have a lot of sales activity that I'm trying to do in that market and so I've been doing demos, I've been doing some training, I've gone out to lots of different restaurants to show them what we can offer and um so far we've had no negative feedback and lots of interest and so that's uh I mean you know once things get back to normal obviously that'll be a big market for us.
0: I'm a sales guy. I like to know inside baseball. Here like what's a pitch? Do you call uh, you know, like, uh, let's say I'm a, 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 like pizza hut, for instance, you say, Hey, I'm Matt Frampton and this is what I do. Like, what's your pitch to them to get interest?
1: Yeah. Well, so a, a, true pizzeria or a chain, um, that does just pizza isn't really what I'm going after right now. We're looking more towards like the gastro pub or the brew pub sort of market. Someone who has a, maybe a menu that goes beyond pizza, but they want to do exceptional pizza without taking the risk of measuring out their own ingredients, without hiring a true pizza pizzola, So we can give them the ready-made mixes and sauces and train up their employees, uh, just their, their already existing kitchen staff and their kitchen management people can take this on just like a, a burger or you know some other uh, sandwich or whatever menu item. It's, um, we, we try and make it as simple as possible. And so we offer a lot of different options there. Um, the pitch is, uh, obviously, our product is high quality, and um, you know, once they, I, I get a chance to let them taste the dough, uh, it sort of sells itself. The simplicity of it, I mean, we sell the mix. It's 10 pounds of mix. You add six pounds of water. You mix it for 10 minutes and split it into dough balls, and you're done. You don't have to keep all the ingredients separate. And then my qualifications help a lot, too. I mean, with being a graduate of the International School of Pizza and part of that network, it really helps. And i um, able to share my, my background and knowledge that I've shared with everyone. So that's that helps.
0: Matt Frampton joining us here on the show. UrbanSlicerPizza.com is the website if you want to go check it out while we're chatting it up. Now, I think we might have teased this the last time you were on, but the two new items that we're going to be talking about here this evening uh, were announced... Uh, not too long ago, uh, ready for sale. So tell me about them and how will we as consumers use them?
1: Yep. So we actually announced to the public this morning. So this is like <laughs> legit hot off the press. I had planned on doing my own live sort of social media, what the heck is Pizza Mojo, which is what we what we just released. Um, but then when you uh, gave me a ring, I thought, well, this would be a much better opportunity. So we have launched two seasonings essentially spices and seasonings we're calling pizza mojo we've got a red and we've got a white and the intention is sort of like the parmesan shaker and the crushed red pepper shaker Mm. so that's the color coding design the white is buttery garlicky uh herby very good on pizza like if you want to make a cheese bread Also, it's so amazing on veggies and popcorn and things of that nature. And um, I'm using it as a finisher in my butter for SCA contests. And I have been doing that for quite a while. Then the red, my son calls powdered pizza. It has a spice to it, um, but it's very pizza flavored. It just adds an extra burst of pizza flavoring to whatever you want to do. If you want to put it in your eggs, you want to put it in your pasta, a couple of tablespoons of this to a pound of ground uh, pork or beef or, or veal or whatever will make a, an awesome meatball. Or you can add some of this to some crushed, uh, crushed tomatoes and make your own sauce. And... Um, so th- this one here is I, I like them both a lot, but this is probably where it's at for me. I like the red a
0: lot. Could you dust that on the top of a pepperoni pizza, like a, a pizza seasoning?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, obviously we we you know want to encourage people to use our urban slicer dough and sauce and everything, but if you pop a Red Baron or DiGiorno out of the freezer and put one or both of these toppings on there, it takes the pizza to the next level. <laughs> um, so I, I'm I cannot wait for people to get it in their hands and give it a try. I've been working on it since December of last year. Had several revisions. Um, we spared no expense in R and D, and we, I think, got it right.
0: Who do you use to to bottle it? Is it somebody? Is it a company that we would know in the barbecue industry, or are you outside of that?
1: No, the Old World is who's doing our blending and bottling. Uh, we're doing our own labels, but Old World uh, Spices down in Kansas City.
0: Did they come back at you and say, hey, you should really consider changing this out or that out for price reasons only? Like, do they try and put that arm on you or, and you're just unrelenting and they're like, oh, fine, whatever.
1: <laughs> well, I went through the same thing with the dough mixes. I mean, it started out with my dream, my blue sky blend, Italian imported flowers and all this crazy stuff. And it's a business after all. So you do have to make some concessions. Um, I did make some adjustments to bring the price down a little bit, but um, it didn't change the overall quality, which is my number one objective.
0: Is this a product that the general audience is clamoring for, or is this something where you have products that are solid, they're performing well, and now you can add something to see if it takes or not?
1: yeah so this one was a little bit more of a uh, i'll say a gamble for us to put out there i mean the pizza dough i uh saw a big market for i didn't know that it would be adopted as fast and uh, as widely as it has been but obviously there's a gap there and they're not there isn't much competition there's clearly hundreds of seasonings on the shelves you go into an ace or a shields or any grocery store there's a whole aisle um but Uh, I think these stand out against other rubs and spices out there. They're very, uh, pizza driven and they are a good complement to our products already out there. Our restaurants, um, actually the, the verbal that we have with an 18 location chain required this as part of the deal. They're going to take the Parmesan and crushed red pepper shakers off the table. And they're going to put this on every table in replacement, which is going to help promote the pizza that they are selling. So.
0: Will they um, have the Urban Slicer uh, labeling on it, or are they going to have it as like Danny Joe's Pizza Place uh, on labels on the shakers? Uh,
1: the labeling will be on there. Our brand will be on the menu, and my recipes will be featured on the menu. Hmm.
0: That's a pretty big deal for you, right? Potentially, verbal.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. I'm I'm very, very excited about it. I think this could be uh, at some point eventually down the line our bread and butter. Hmm. Very excited.
0: So what do you see for the rest of the year? New products still or is this it? And and now it's focused on continued growth and, and sustainability. And and are you doing, you know, two jobs still?
1: I am doing two jobs. Good for you. I think you and I talked about this. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna milk it to the bitter end. I mean, I'm able to successfully do both. My wife has uh, picked up, uh, my wife Star, she has picked up a ton of our uh, fulfillment and marketing stuff. And so that has really helped me be able to focus on the sales end. Um, I'm still very involved with our question and answer that comes in um, most, if not everything that, uh, any question that comes in, I'm the one who answers. and tries to help people out because I think that's a big part of our business too and why people are drawn to us. They not only get a product, but they get access to some knowledge. Um, but the rest of 2021, it's definitely growth. I want to continue to scale up, bring our costs down. And um, I, I am working on another product. It will The next product out will almost positively be a gluten-free keto uh, two-in-one sort of blend, but I'm not I'm not ready with the formula yet. I have work to do. Um, It's just, you know, I I want people to have it and and, uh, not think that it is keto or gluten-free. And so I'm relentlessly trying to find that right formula that works with the simple sort of just add water model that we've got going.
0: Could there be a concept that just doesn't ever work? Like, could you just chase it and chase it and realize, hey, it's fruitless at some point?
1: Uh, maybe. I mean, there's, I won't put out a product that sucks. I'll tell you that right now. So it's going to have to meet, it's going to have to meet the urban slicer standard that we've had. I feel confident that we're going to get there. Um, I'm in that, I'm in that mode right now where I'm trying to find the right cost and ingredient balance. Um, I don't want the quality to go down just because I want to save some money on the cost. But it does have to be a business, and it has to be affordable to people that need to buy it at retail.
0: For people that are going to use a dough like that, a keto friendly or a, you know, whatever else it was, can't they? Can't you not sacrifice? And can't they pay a premium?
1: Oh, it'll be more expensive than what we carry. Um, but there are, you know, there's some limitations to that. But from what I've the research that I've done, people will pay top dollar, almost any dollar, if they can get a good quality pizza crust that uh, fits within their dietary needs. And so, you know, I'm I'm not as focused about the cost as I was the dough when we first launched it, but I still want to have something that is affordable and uh, can be widespread across the market.
0: Do you think at some point you'll see some brand X come into the market that is similar to you? I mean, you've enjoyed quite a bit of you know bone-crushing success out there.
1: I'm, I'm waiting for it. Uh, I, I know it'll happen. I just don't know who or when. Um, at this moment, I don't know of anyone that's uh, – um, that it's inevitable that they're coming, but I'm positive there's someone working on it, and uh, we'll just have to see, and and we'll take it as it comes, and and go from there. What
0: about classes? Uh, everything's opening back up. Uh, you planning on doing pizza classes or barbecue events?
1: Yep, both. Uh, competed a couple of weeks ago in Valley, Nebraska, one of our favorites. Signed up for the American Royal. We're doing another one over Labor Day weekend, and I coach my son's selected baseball team. We're, uh, I think, 52 games into 61, so we're almost done with that, and as soon as that's over, I'm going to hit the SCA uh, circuit as hard as I can, try and get my golden ticket for Dallas, and class-wise, I have several classes that are booked. I'm doing uh, Helping You Barbecue in Omaha on July 16 and 17. I think there are actually a couple seats left, but it's close to being sold out and then I'm doing another one in Nebraska in Blair, Nebraska, in August on August 20th, which will be more of a demo. Um, but there's some openings there, and then I'll be out in Hastings, Nebraska, on uh, September 4th, I think it is.
0: What about September 11th? Are you doing anything then?
1: Yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? That might actually be Hastings. Now that I think about oh, it. Oh, uh, is it the first? Yeah, first week or two. Why? What's up?
0: I just had a random thought where if I could pull it, so I'm going to be hosting the Hartville uh, Hardware Grill Fest 2021. It's coming back after a year off of pandemic. Uh, DivaQ is going to be there being a, a guest live cook, and they have usually three live demo uh, cooks during the course of the day there, and I was just spitballing in my head. Why not have the Pizziola of Pizziolas show up and, and do some live fire stuff there? I mean, why not? I could. I mean, I could. Man, I, could would, I could certainly ask, but if you're already booked, then it's worthless.
1: I'll check for sure, and I'll let you know. Um, those guys have been a great customer for Urban Slicer. They they carry our products. Hardfill Hardware. Um, I yeah. Really? I'd love to be out there. All right. Yep.
0: Well, you let me know, and then I'll call Catherine Merkel and see what we can put
1: together. All right, that sounds good.
0: Right, we're talking with Matt Frampton. Uh, the new products are out. You have hold those shakers up again. You have the red and the white. Um, yeah. There you go. Uh, buttery, garlicky on the left. And then, uh, how, how are we describing the red one? Pizza y, uh, spicy ish.
1: Powdered pizza. Powdered pizza. With a zip. <laughs> Powdered yeah. pizza with a zip. Go to yeah. this. This one here, long ga- term wise, I think is going to be a base for like some novelty stuff like mm-hmm. seeds, peanuts, popcorn, make it pizza flavored. So, uh, this, is, this is my take for the pizza world of bacon salt.
0: Yes, our bacon. Dave Lefkoe's, uh baby boy. I remember yep. having him on the show 100 years ago. Uh, all right, so go to urbanslicerpizza.com, yep. and are they ready to ship? If people are going to head over there, they can grab them up?
1: They're ready. Right. Uh, you can order online. We'll have them on our Amazon store pretty soon. and uh, they've, I've shipped to about 40 stores already. Uh, and if your local store doesn't have it, just let them know to give me a ring and I'll get it out there as soon as possible.
0: He's Matt Frampton from Urban Slicer. Matt, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you so much, Greg. Talk you, to you soon, bro. You
0: brother. got it. All right. There he is, Matt Frampton. And let me know about that uh, September 11th thing. Maybe I can put it together. Can you imagine having DivaQ give demo and then having the Pizziola, the Pizziola? In Hartville as well, doing pizza demos. I don't know from a samples situation if that is something that's feasible. That's the other part I forgot to mention to Map, he's already jumped off. Is that you have to be able to have samples, pizza wanna people wanna sample the stuff. So I remember the last time I was hosting Danielle cuts through like four or five of these huge ribeye steaks. She reverse seared them. They were perfect, of course. And then the pans of steaks just came out of nowhere. Everybody like like vultures. Fabulous. All right. Well, that's going to do it. All the way back in the first hour, we spoke with Stephen Reichlin. You remember Stephen Reichlin, Barbecue Hall of Famer barbecue cooking class instructor, author, the list goes on. Now, Thursday we may be doing a live thing, so make sure that you're following me socially so I can show you what Barbecue University looks like, what some of the cookers look like, all that stuff. Second hour, Daniel Vaughn, Texas Monthly tmbbq.com is website talking about Texas barbecue in North Carolina who would have thought it's happening and it's good and people like it and then we closed out with Matt Frampton from Urban Slicer Pizza Urban Slicer Pizza.com and he's got the new red and white pizza seasonings grab them up they're shipping right now they could be local to you so check your stores first and then if we're not there go to Urban Slicer Pizza.com and order that way big show planned for you next week we have month Number four,
1: three,
0: is it three? Month number three of American Idol Barbecue Central Show Edition. So we'll see what happens there. The embedded correspondents are in, Derek Riches is in, just to name a few. Lots of things going on in this show. September 11th, 2001, I will never forget, until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. This is Meat Mitch, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show.
1: Barbecue